All right, last week I asked you guys about the gospel. I said this earlier. I said, if you were to be given the opportunity, shh, right here, if you could be given the opportunity to share who Jesus is, what he did, and how someone can be saved in three minutes or less, the question was, could you do it? Would you feel confident to do it? And the majority of the room said, no way, right? No chance. And I told you, I told you, I wasn't like this right here. I was like this right here. Hey, that's okay. I'll be honest. I don't think, just to level with you, I don't think a lot of people expect someone in sixth grade, seventh grade, or eighth grade to be sharing the gospel confidently. When I was in eighth grade, there was no chance I was going to share the full gospel. I just didn't have any, I didn't even know how to do it. I didn't have no, no like bearings or scope to be able to know how to pull that off. But I believe that you guys are young men and young women of God who are capable to share the gospel. My big question is, do you feel equipped to do it? Do you feel like you know the gospel? Do you feel like you're ready to share the gospel? So tonight, we're going to walk through your little booklets you got, something you can keep tonight. And the first thing you do is write your name on the first page, all right? Write your name on the first page. Carter Cross, you need to work on your handwriting, okay? All right? Okay, I'm kidding. Chill, all right? It was great. It was incursive. It was pretty, Okay. You didn't get one? You can look, look for one around a seat maybe, right here. Let's see. Maybe up under this? Right here. There you go. Perfect. All right. You got your name on there? Page one done? Thumbs up if you got it. Okay, wow. Y'all really taking your time on your name. Okay, all right. Okay, here we go. We're going to go to page number two. Flip it over and you're going to see four different questions. The first one says this, do you believe God commands or God expects every believer to know the gospel? Yes, no, or I don't know. You're welcome to mark it, whichever one you think. Do you believe God commands or expects every believer to know the gospel? Anybody out there willing to answer with everybody in the room? Would you willing to just raise your hand and say, I don't know? Anybody? Anybody would say no? A couple people said no. Anybody would say yes? Okay. Hey, little mixed room, mixed, mixed response. Here's the deal. I'll tell you this straight up. I believe that from what we know in Scripture that every believer has been entrusted with the good news of the gospel, meaning you've been made responsible for the gospel. And if you're a believer, that means you have responded to the gospel. That means you should know the gospel because the gospel is what, the good news of the gospel is what has changed and saved your life. The gospel is not talking about a music genre the gospel is talking about the good news about Jesus Christ, who he is, what he did, and how he came to save us. 
All right, second question. What percentage of middle school Christians do you think feel confident to share the gospel? When you think about this room right now, or your friends at school that say that they're a Christian, what percentage of them, 0, 20, 40, 60, 80, or 100, what percent do you think feel confident to share the gospel? All right, y'all got your answer down? Anybody out there say 100%? Okay, all right. Anybody say 80%? 60 60%? 40%? 20%? <laughs> A lot of people in the room. 20%? 0%. Yeah. That boy's standing up in the back. He's like, yeah, confident. confident, baby. I love it. I love to see it. I think the majority of the room said somewhere around 20%. What that means is this. You be, most of our students in the room would say, I think one out of every five Christians in middle school feel confident to share the gospel. That means if I were to look down this front row and let's say there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'll be a middle schooler real quick. Number 10, out of us 10 in this row, only two of us feel confident to share the good news of the gospel. All right, third question. If a friend asks you, how can I become a Christian right now? How confident do you feel you could explain the gospel? How confident do you feel right now that you could share the gospel if someone asked you, how can I be saved? All right, answers, here we go. We'll start with uh, very confident. Anybody say very confident? Okay, a lot of people said very confident. That's good. Martine with the hand up. That's right, what's up, bro? All right, someone say somewhat confident. Anywhere there? Yeah, somewhat. Maybe if this is you in the room, you're probably thinking, I can probably get through, get through like parts of the gospel, but some parts I'd be like a little shaky on. Is that you? You feel that way? You're like, yeah, I know Jesus died and he rose from the dead, but like the, I'm trying to figure out like all the other parts. You know, you know what I'm trying, is that you? Maybe a little bit, okay. Anybody say barely confident? You would say, listen, that's a struggle. I'm with you guys. I hear you. I hear you. Anybody bold enough? He's ready to stand up. He's like ready to stay in his chair. Anybody say no chance? All right. A couple of, I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the honesty. All right, last question is this. What do you think is the biggest challenge for a middle school student trying to share the gospel? What is your biggest hurdle? What's your biggest obstacle? What's the biggest challenge when you are trying to share the gospel or is stopping you from sharing the gospel? This one is open-ended, so I expect for you to write something in that box at the bottom, all right? If you're writing, keep writing. Jake, don't let me forget. I'm going to come back to this question at the end of our session today, okay? Don't let me forget that, all right? All right. Are y'all ready to learn how to share the gospel via the three circles method? Y'all cool with that? Now listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you in this room have seen us walk through this before and you're like, I'm a professional, okay? Maybe that's you. 
Here's what I would ask of those who feel like they already know this method, they already know how to share this. Here's what I ask. What part of the three circles method are you strongest in that you feel good about? And which part of the three circles method do you feel the most shaky in? That it's the most difficult for you to explain, okay? That's what we're going to walk through today. Let's start with the first page, and it starts with God's design. So if I am walking through how to share the gospel, I'm going to find me a napkin somewhere, I'm going to get me a pen out, and I'm going to start by drawing a big circle that says God's design. And what I would tell that person, I would say, hey, in the beginning with Adam and Eve, God created the whole world and everything was designed perfect. It was good. It was right. They lived in a land where there was no homework, okay? Yeah. Actually, joke's on you. There was homework. Adam had to name the animals, okay? Life was good. Yeah. You're right. It wasn't busy work, right? Yeah. Here's the deal. Adam and Eve, shh, Adam and Eve lived with God. They walked with God and they enjoyed God and their relationship was right and it was good. There was no hurt. There was no pain. Everything was good in the beginning. Even God says in Genesis chapter one, verse 31, he says, God created all these things. He said, it was good. God designed things to be in perfect harmony, to work perfect in the very beginning. Time out. Let's pause right there. What am I trying to cover in God's design? First thing is this. I want them to know that God created all things. God created all things. And then number two, I want them to know that life was good in the garden. Life was good in the beginning. That people walked with God, they talked with God, and they enjoyed God. Okay, that's simple, right? If you're sharing the gospel, you should begin by telling people, hey, God created all things, and when he did, it was good, and people walked with God, they talked with God, and they enjoyed God. That's easy, right? Y'all with me there? Is that cool? Can y'all do that part? Y'all feel pretty good about that one? What are the three things? God created all things, everything was good in the beginning, And man walked with God, talked with God, and enjoyed God. That's simple. Y'all can do that. If you want a verse, put Genesis chapter 1, verse 31 on the board. All right? Genesis chapter 1, verse 31 is a verse you can write down if you want to for just a reference, if you want to back up what you're saying with the Word of God. Okay? Cool beans so far? Genesis 1, verse 31. Thank you for asking. All right, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next part. All right, so we look around the world and the world is not right. What we talked about, about God's design, how it was perfect and good in the garden, we were like, hey, things have been messed up. Things are not like that anymore. Well, what happened? There was this thing called sin. And sin means anything we do that rebels against God. You see, Adam and Eve chose their ways rather than God's ways. Adam and Eve chose their ways rather than God's ways. And when they did, they messed up. And that mess up was called sin. And because of that, all of us, every every human on the planet, 
is a sinner just like Adam and Eve. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Y'all cool with that? That works, right? I was saying in that part right there, this is what I'm writing down. These are my notes. If I'm talking about this page, I'm writing down that sin is when a person rebels against God. Sin is when a person rebels against God. We look around and see the world around us and it's broken. The world is broken. What happened? Well, Adam and Eve rebelled against God. They sinned. And now all of us are sinners. If you want a verse to go with it, Romans 3, 23. Romans 3, 23. It says this, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that means everyone is a sinner. Does that make sense? Y'all with me so far? That's pretty simple, right? I would imagine that any of you would be able to tell someone we've all messed up. Can you think of an example where you've messed up in the last six months? You can? You know what always helps for me in this moment when I'm talking about sin? I always say, everyone's a sinner. I can tell you where I've messed up six months ago. The other day, Jake asked me for, um, you know, a hundred bucks. And I told him, no, I don't have any money, but I had billions of dollars. I lied to him, okay? See, I just lied telling y'all a story just now. That's another sin, right? You know, you know, track with me, okay? We've all made mistakes. You can tell a story yourself here to back it up. All right, let's go to the next one. So we go from God's design into a spot where the world sinned, Adam and Eve sinned. We all have fallen in a spot of sin. Now we, we enter a spot of brokenness. And I would, I would tell this person, have you ever experienced brokenness in this world? And everyone can tell you about a moment where they've experienced hurt or pain or something that's broken them at different times. I could probably ask everyone in this room and y'all could all tell me of a moment where it's been hard. Life has been hard, right? That is a result of sin. The brokenness we experienced was not a part of God's design. It was a result of sin. It was a result of sin. That brokenness is for this earth right now, but it's also the punishment for our sin is not just experienced here in this world, but it's also gonna be experienced in hell one day for anyone who, who continues to walk down this road of sin. Anyone who continues to rebel against God will one day enter our eternal brokenness in a place called hell. Romans 3, Romans 6.23, I'm sorry. Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. That's right, for the wages of sin is death. And that's what this tells us. The cost or the penalty or the results of my sin will lead to a place of brokenness, which will ultimately lead to an eternal brokenness and a place of death in hell. Y'all tracking me so far? You're like, man, this is not so much good news. What's up with that? Okay, don't worry. I'm giving you the bad news first. Good news is coming, okay? People try to fix their brokenness, correct? All the time. People try to fix their brokenness all the time. If I could just make enough money, let's go to the next page. 
If I could just make enough money, man, I would be happy. Or maybe if I could just do enough good things, if I could just check off enough of those boxes, man, I'd be happy and fulfilled. Or maybe if I could find that right person in my life, a friend or, or a, a spouse or whatever it be, if I could find those things that would repair these holes of brokenness that I have in my life. People look all over to find things to find fulfillment in when they're dealing with brokenness. Here's the truth, though. I'll be honest. You can make more money and it can make you happy for a little bit. You can do some good things or do some big things and that can make you happy for a little bit. You can even find someone that you really like and you spend a lot of time with and they can make you happy for a little bit. But I'm telling you right now, listen here. None of these will ever fulfill or satisfy the brokenness. Why do people who are super wealthy, super famous, have all their needs met, still walk around sad, hurting, and broken because they didn't fulfill them. They might have been fun to indulge in, but they didn't fulfill them. When I think about brokenness, we are constantly, there's a need in our hearts to fix the brokenness, and we search all over the world to find something to do that, and none of the things in the world will ever satisfy it. So what do we do? What's the answer? Well, here's the good news. You ready for this? Yeah, Jesus, the church answer, okay? The the solution to our brokenness is the good news of Jesus. Jesus is the son of God. He's perfect. He's good. He did miracles all through the New Testament. He was a real person that lived and walked in this earth and was loved by so many people. He had so many people that followed him. But there are also a lot of people that hated him. Why? Because he told them that they had to repent. And that means to turn away from their sin. That means to say, I'm sorry for I made mistakes and choose to follow Jesus. Because of this, Jesus ultimately gave himself up and died on a cross for us. Jesus died on the cross in our place. This is key. Jesus died on the cross. He took on the punishment, the brokenness that we should experience because of our sin was placed on Jesus. That brokenness that we deserve was placed on Jesus. He died on the cross and was buried in a tomb. But the good news is that Jesus didn't stay dead in a tomb. Jesus physically, literally, I'm not being dramatic, he rose up out of a tomb, he walked out and is alive today in heaven at the right hand of God our Father. And he did all of this because he loves you and wanted to make a way for you to be forgiven for your sin and to repair your brokenness. That's a lot right there, right? Did y'all track with me on that so far? That's a lot. Can we, can we just talk about that for a moment? I've talked a lot about brokenness and sin, but people trying to fix that. So why is Jesus a big deal? Do you understand why Jesus died on the cross? I'm not just talking about church answers, guys. Listen, if you're talking to someone who wants to 
find out who Jesus is, they don't need the church answers. They don't need you to, to use all these big pontificating words that you hear in church from your life group leader. They need the normal Elias who's in sixth grade to be able to say to him, this is who Jesus is. He was a real person and he loves you. And I know it's gonna sound crazy, bro, okay? But this guy, Jesus, loved you so much that he died on the cross for you. And he didn't just do that just for you. He did it for anyone in the world who would choose to follow Jesus. He made it possible for you to be forgiven for your sins against God. This is just Elias talking straight up. He's not trying to use a bunch of fancy lingo. He's just shooting it to him straight. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He even rose from the dead, which sounds crazy, sounds bonkers that someone can raise the dead. He did it. And he's alive today at the right hand of God. And he did that also that you can have forgiveness for your sin. Does that make sense? I'm not trying to be super churchy or super wordy. I'm just trying to be real. Shoot it to him straight. That's what I'm asking for you when you talk about Jesus here. Tell him what he did. So here's the deal. That's what Jesus did. How does someone get saved? This is Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And here's the thing. If you go to the next page, you'll see three words. Let's say them together. The first one is? Second one is? And third one is? Say it one more time. Here we go. Wow, perfect. You guys got it. Y'all sound like real churchgoers. So let's make this less churchy, okay? Repent. Sorry, y'all are like, yeah, repent, yeah, y'all with it. Okay, seriously. When I say the word repent, what I mean is this. If I've been walking this way in sin, man, I've been lying or I've been being prideful or I've been dishonoring to my parents, repenting means saying, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to lie anymore. I don't want to be prideful anymore. I don't want to dishonor my parents anymore. I want to do what God tells me to do. So I'm going to start pursuing this direction instead of that direction. Does that make sense? That's what it means to turn away from that old life and to choose a new life following Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a... The old is gone and the new has come. That's what I'm talking about. Believe. I'm gonna place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I'm going to believe that he did die on the cross, that he did rise from the dead, that he did make a way for me to be saved, that he is the true son of God. I'm believing these things. And I'm going to kind of just be honest. I'm going to just give it to you. Here. When I was seven years old, I didn't understand everything about Jesus. I didn't. But you know what I did know? I knew that he died on the cross. I knew he rose from the dead. I knew that he loved me. I knew that he wanted to forgive me for my sins. And I knew that he was the Lord of all creation. I knew those things. I didn't understand all of it. I didn't understand how he was walking on water. I didn't get it all, okay? But I just knew that those truths about Jesus, and that was enough for me to be able to believe in him as my Lord and Savior. Does that make sense? Y'all with me there? Romans 6, 23, I said it a moment ago, for the wages of sin 
is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Check it out. Next page right here. Next one. I love this part. I draw a crown right above Jesus because here's what he's saying. If you're going to repent and believe, you must receive him as the Lord of your life. The one who is the king, the one who's on the throne. And what that means is whenever I live my life, I'm not living it based off of what Corey wants or Corey thinks or Corey wants best. It's not about that. It's about what does God want? What does God think? What does God say? That's what it means to make Jesus Lord of your life. There are a lot of people that would say, yeah, man, I believe in Jesus. They got the t-shirt that says, Jesus is my homeboy, you know? They got the necklace with the cross because they believe but they have no desire to make Jesus the Lord of their life. It makes me so mad. I watch all of these different people online, these celebrities, whether it be in the music world, whether it be in the um, Hollywood scene, they say, man, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Or they'll give Jesus thanks when they get an award, but their life doesn't match up any about Jesus being Lord of their life. Sorry, I'm preaching now, but I'm just telling y'all, when you say Lord, I'm talking about you've made him the king, the one who's the decision maker in your life. Does that make sense? Don't preach the person like I just did when you're sharing the gospel, Carter. You got that? You cool with that? All right. Please, once again, write down the verse, Romans 6.23, with this here, because this is where you hammer that verse home. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, meaning the cost of my sin leads into brokenness, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. When you repent, believe, and receive Jesus as the Lord of your life, then in that moment, right here, check it out. When you do that, in that moment, you are saved. You're a believer. When you trust Jesus for salvation like this, right here, you are saved. And you know what happens after that? This is so cool. Do you remember what I said about God's design in the beginning? That God was the creator of all things? That God made everything and life was good in the garden? But do you remember the last thing I said? Do y'all remember the last one? You got it in the back. The ones who you don't? You don't? Okay, never mind. Okay. What you got, Gimmon? That's right. Man would walk, talk, and enjoy God. They're back in a right relationship. When you get saved, you begin the journey. We'll go to the next page. Last one right here. Last one. When you get saved, you begin to recover and pursue what God originally designed for you in your life. I'm going back to my boy Elias over here. Elias, stand up for us. Come on, man. Perfect. Elias is right here. Elias is in sixth grade. When did you get saved, Elias? Uh, when I was eight. When you were eight years old. What happened, because Elias was, man, he was, he was a real rebel before. It, he was robbing banks. He was stealing the Declaration of Independence. He was crazy, man, okay? Shh. Here's the deal. Elias, when he was eight years old, he repented, he believed, and he received Jesus, Lord of his life. And from that point on, Elias is now made in a right relationship with God. 
and Elias is walking with God, and he's talking with God. And when he got up the other day, and he stood in front of all of his middle school ministry and said, I've been learning about the 10 virgins, the five that were wise, the five that were foolish. Remember that? You said that from the whole group. I remember that. When he did that, that's because in his everyday routine, he is walking with God, he's talking with God, and he's enjoying God. Elias still makes mistakes. He's not perfect, but he's a young man of God who is different because Jesus changed his life. Does that make sense? Thank you so much, Elias. Y'all give a hand for Elias real quick. Come on. Here's the deal. Every one of you, if you're a Christian, you ought to be able to tell people just what Elias said right there. When I was, I got saved. And since then, let me tell you how I'm now walking in what God designed and purposed for my life. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. But I'm walking and living in a way that God designed and purposed for me. And that is the good news of the gospel. Here's the last thing you would say when you finish walking through that whole journey with them of the three circles. You would say this. Where on these three circles do you think you are today? Are you walking in sin? Are you living in brokenness? Are you trying to find ways to fix your brokenness? Do you know about Jesus? Have you ever trusted Jesus as the Lord of your life and been saved? Have you ever made that decision? Or maybe you've already done that a long time ago and now you're walking in this season here. Where are you at today? If they say anywhere on this side over here, I want you to ask them, what's stopping you today from choosing to follow Jesus? What is stopping you today from choosing to follow Jesus? I think this is the hardest part of the entire journey of sharing the gospel. Actually, I take that back. The hardest part is starting the conversation. The second hardest stop is right here. Because if Elias tells his friend, what's stopping you from deciding today? His friend and now him, there can be some conflict because his friend may say, I don't believe in that stuff. Or his friend may say, uh, I don't know, I have to think about it. That can feel awkward at times. Listen to me right here. It is worth the awkwardness if your friend makes a decision to follow Jesus, is it not? Would you not take 30 seconds of awkwardness for their eternity forever? Yeah? I promise you, students, people may say, how can a sixth grader, a seventh grader, an eighth grader share the gospel? I believe every one of you are capable of sharing the good news of the gospel. I did it with a lot of stuff. Don't feel like you got to do it how Corey does it, but you ought to be able to hit the same big punches under each one. What are we talking about? I'm going to go over one more time. Last thing. God's design. God created all things. All things were good. Man walked with God, talked with God, and enjoyed God. Sin. Sin is when we rebel against God. Adam and Eve rebelled against God. They chose their ways rather than God's ways. And because of that, all of us are now sinners, just like Adam and Eve. Brokenness. 
Our sin has led us to a place of brokenness where we're just hurting. We're in pain. We're walking in challenges around us and life is no longer good like it was in the garden. People try to fix their brokenness by looking to things in the world to solve it and none of them ever do. But the good news is there's a man named Jesus who loves you, who's the son of God, who died on the cross for you and rose from the dead, making your life, making you available to have your sins up here forgiven. He took on your brokenness so that you could be forgiven. How? By turning away from where you've made mistakes, believing that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead to save you, and choosing to receive Jesus as the Lord of your life. When you do this, you are saved. You are forgiven. You are a new creation, is what 2 Corinthians 5 says. And guess what? You begin to pursue and enjoy what God purposes for your life. Does that make sense? That's the gospel. As short, as sweet, as concise as I can give it, that is the gospel. Last two things and we're done. First thing is this. Some of you in this room, for the first time, the gospel has made sense. For the first time. For the first time for you in this room, the gospel has made sense. I want to ask you the question I asked everyone else. Where are you on the three circles? Where are you on the three circles? I can't help but think there's got to be people in this room who would say, I know about this Jesus guy, but I've never made him the Lord of my life, and I've never really been saved. I'm begging you tonight. I'm begging you to do me a favor. I want you to come talk to me, to Jake. No, no, listen, I, I want to go to Jake. I want you to have one person to go to. And I want you to come see me, or I want you to come see Morgan. Morgan, come on up here. Come on up with me right now. If you're someone who says, I want to take the next step in becoming a Christian, Becoming a follower of Jesus by being saved. That's someone tonight. It finally makes sense. And I want to talk to someone about doing that. We're not going to have a song. I'm not going to ask you to stand up in front of everybody. So I'm going to ask. In just a moment, as everyone is going that way to leave, I want you to come this way and come find me and Morgan. Only if you're wanting. I'm not, some people want to talk to us afterwards. Give us five minutes. Let us be up here in the front by ourselves. We'll find you. But if you want to talk to someone about being saved, becoming a Christian, as people are going that way, you come forward. Come find me and Morgan. We'll sit down with you and we'll, make you, we'll help you to make that decision tonight. Is that cool? I want to give you the opportunity to walk out of here knowing that Jesus has saved you.